This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show continues to grow so fast. Last month was the biggest month we've ever had, and it is not slowing down. And I love your DMs. Please keep them coming, as I love to hear how the conversations I'm ha having with all of these amazing guests are helping you in your leadership career. It is absolutely, positively why I love doing this show every single week. And we have another really important, really exciting guest today. I am pumped to introduce Kim Addis to the show. Kim is the founder and CEO of, of Frame of Mind Coaching. For over 20 years, she's been leading the charge and teaching leaders about coaching and mindset with remarkable success. Kim helps leaders change how they think so they can help those they lead change how they think so ultimately everyone can change how they perform. She's helped create record performances worldwide, and, and, and the success stories are exciting and intoxicating, but the coolest thing about Kim to me was when I asked her what her best accomplishment is, she was really quick to say, it's being a mother of five, and that's something I can relate to, and I, I think that's, one of a, that's a great lesson for all of us as we try to balance how we protect ourselves with how we protect our careers. So if you can't tell, I am really excited to get started. Kim, Kim is someone that has all the credentials, all the experience, and the topic we have for today will be one that will be a catalyst for your success in 2024. So Kim, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to having this conversation with you, and I'm so excited not only to talk to you, but to talk to whoever's listening on the other side. So thank you for having me on your podcast. 
No problem. It's overdue. And we got 50,000 people that are going to be listening in every corner of the world. They're going to benefit from the conversation we have today. So I'm, I'm really excited, Ken. Um, I'd love to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. You run a great company, Frame of Mind Coaching. Would, would you introduce your, your firm and, and what you do for your customers around the world? Of course. So uh, the company is called Frame of Mind Coaching. We coach uh, leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, what I like to call the highly driven population. And what we do is we look at one key relationship. We look at the relationship between a person's thinking and the results they're getting. When a person isn't happy with their results, regardless of what area we're talking about, whether it's business results, sales results, whether it's relationship with results, health results, it doesn't really matter. When we look at the results you're getting, and if you're not happy with those results, we want to understand how your thinking is influencing your outcomes and what you are in fact achieving. And what we do is we do a little bit of reverse engineering because everything you achieve in your life right now is a result of your thinking. And so we have a process that we use to examine very carefully how your thinking influences what you do and what you don't do and the outcomes you're achieving as a result of that. Kim, that is like dirty talk to me. This is my favorite topic. I... um. I don't find enough people who know how to do what you do. I think I think your frame of mind, I love the name of your firm, frame of mind. I think your mindset fuels everything. But most leaders are never trained what to do about that, right? They so they they mostly become coaches. They have the pom-pom scan. You can do it. You can do it, right? And and so this, I cannot wait to dive into what you're doing because you're in a rare place. Uh someone who's who's double down, triple down on this. I, I am so excited. Thank you for joining us today. Before we dive in though, how'd you get into coaching? What, what led you to like doubling down on this? I'm sure there's a short but interesting version of your story that helped you realize just how important that was because you're in a very unique spot and I'm interested to yeah. hear how, I, I, how'd you discover it? Yeah, I think for me, coaching is in my DNA. It's just in my, in, it's in my living, breathing, everything I think about, everything I do, the way that I interact with the world is just part of who I am. And I'll give you a very quick story to express how deeply and how long this has been going on for. Let's um, go. I grew up in Montreal and in Montreal, um, high school starts in grade seven. So, okay. you know, you're in grade seven, it goes from grade seven to grade 11 and in grade seven, you're a junior, like, in the, I don't know how you call it in the States, but anyway, you're at the youngest level in your okay. high school. So at lunchtime you have lunch and then you walk around the circle, the hallways, right? You walk around the circle and I was with a friend, I was walking around the circle and I noticed this, this other girl who was clearly older than me, tall, thin, very lanky person who um, her hair was thinning she was missing a tooth and she was carrying wow. a cigarette uh, carrying a cigarette and okay. I'm, I'm like 12 years old and I was drawn I my eyes were drawn I looked at her right because I I was lived in a sheltered upbringing I had never seen anything like this before and so I looked at her she didn't like the fact that I looked at her and she said what are you looking at and she pushed me against the wall and she wanted to beat me up. And she had all these people surrounding us and she was ready to punch me out, right? Wow. And like, okay. so this actually happened. This, this true story happened. And I'm not a person who's, a, I'm not violent. I'm not a fighter. I'm not a person who's, I don't have boxing skills, right? So it's 
so I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean anything, you know, no hard feelings. Like I just wanted out. Anyways, a teacher came, broke up the, the little incident, and we all went on our own ways. But then I started dreaming about this girl. Her name is Shelly. I started dreaming about Shelly for the next five years of my life. And what was the dream? The dream is that for whatever reason, we were on this uh, roller coaster together, sitting in the seat. We're on the roller coaster. And all I wanted to do was help Shelly renovate her life letting her know she could be a better person if she wanted to, that she didn't resort to violence and on and on and on. Right. So this happened from the age of 12 years old, where this person threatening me, instead of having nightmares about it, my dream was, how do I help this person? What an awesome story. Wow. You are, it is in your DNA. You're right. My DNA it's in my, it's in my soul, if you will. But now the, the, the other side of the story is I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. In my past life, I owned a, a software company. We used to build simulation-based assessments. And cool. we were really interested in finding out what's the difference between top performers and everyone else? What really differentiates top performers from the rest of the world? And so I was always interested in leadership. I studied leadership in university uh, throughout my master's degree. Uh, and, and when we came out with this assessment, there were some things that we learned. And one of the things we learned was that people who have a higher degree of performance also have a higher degree of emotional resilience. What does that actually mean? It means that when they have some kind of adversity that happens to them, when they experience failure, when they get kicked to the ground, they fall, but they get up faster than other people. And not only that, they find a way to leverage the adversity that just happened to them. So now the question becomes, how do we help people build a greater degree of emotional resilience? This is awesome, Kim. I, I love your background. I, we're going to have fun. Let's let's get after it. Let's Enough after introduction. It. Let's get after it. I, let's I, go. I can't wait. So you work with people all around the world, mostly leaders. And I love how you said it, the relationship between their thinking and their results. And so we're, when you start with someone, again, we got 50,000 leaders here that are probably scratching their heads going, okay, that's interesting. Uh, when you work when you're working with someone you want to figure out that relationship between thinking and results where do you where do you start what do you what do you look at first well what what i want to know is how does somebody think about things how does somebody react to things how does somebody process the events that took place in their lives how does somebody interpret the relationships and the interactions they are having How does someone look back on their history and how does their history influence how they see the world right now? So what I need to do is get into their heads, right? Because the way you think will determine what you achieve, period. That's the law. Yeah. So my job is to understand how you think. My job is to understand the patterns of your thinking, to understand how something that happened in the past might still affect you in the present to understand what your beliefs are, what your priorities are, what your values are, uh, how you look at, how you sense, how you feel conversations and interactions with others and how they impact you. So my job is to get inside your head. You might ask, how do you do that? 
You just asked the question I was going to ask you. Yeah. So what goes into that? So uh, again, we work with a highly driven population and what we do because, you know, these people have no patience, right? These people want results quickly. They want to move fast. They don't want to wait a whole year to get some magical result. They want that to happen faster, sooner rather than later. So what we do is we created a very intensive, intimate, upfront or front-loaded coaching process. So in the first 10 weeks, we have a call every single week. We record every call. We ask our clients to listen to their recordings. Why? So that they can hear themselves speak. Because in your language is your thinking. In your language is your beliefs. In your language is the story you're telling about the life you live. In addition to that, we ask our clients to journal in a private and secure online journal with their coach every single day. And every, so at the beginning of the week, you get a journaling prompt and you start journaling. And every time you journal, your coach reads and responds to your journal every single day for 10 whole weeks, even on the weekends. So imagine you're having this conversation, this back and forth dialogue with your coach every single day for 10 solid weeks. What happens? Your coach really gets to know you. You get your coach gets to know the nitty gritty aspects of your life. Your coach gets to see how you think in a whole variety of circumstances, and that data enables your coach to help you see where your thinking is getting in your own way, in the way of your performance, in the way of your happiness, in the way of your achievements. It's pretty spectacular. That's a really cool concept. I really like that because I know a lot of leaders, they only ever really look at the work side or the performance side of what's happening to someone and they don't get exposed to the stuff you're talking about right now. And that makes it so they don't really have a true connect or a true understanding of what's going on. Is is, is that fair to say? Correct. So what, what we see, you're talking about where are leaders falling short? they're falling short in only looking at behaviors, right? So I'm like, okay, Rob, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. You better start doing X, Y, and Z in order for you to perform. But we're not really understanding what's stopping Rob from doing X, Y, and Z. We're not really understanding what's getting in the way. We're not really understanding his beliefs, his discomforts. We're not getting to the heart of the matter. We're just telling Rob, you got to do these things. And so a lot of times leadership and coaching is based on action. Here's what you need to do. You want to get from here to there, do these 10 things. But we all know what to do. I don't know if anyone here listening has ever thought that they wanted to lose weight. We know what to do to lose weight. Why aren't we doing it? Why not? What's getting in the way? That's the key question. So it's not about always knowing what to do. It's about understanding why we're not able to do it. Okay, you just opened up one of, this is awesome. That What a great like first foray into this 45 minute conversation we're gonna have. I have this personal, I guess, belief. You brought up the word belief and I, I had it on my, my talking points. I was hoping we'd get into. I have this personal belief, I guess, that there's no human being that changes their behaviors permanently or for long periods of time without first changing a belief. 
Correct. Since you've brought up belief, like what do you think the role of belief is in the world of both performance and coaching? Belief is fundamental. It's like the, the, it's the foundation of all change. Belief is the foundation of all change. I think that's going to be the title of our, of our episode. I love that. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, because what you believe to be true will dictate your actions, will dictate what you can do and what you can't do, what is possible and what is not possible for you, will dictate how you interact with people, with things, with how you perform. What you believe to be true is like is the guide, it, it provides guidance for your life, both in a positive and a negative way. So imagine, imagine, I, I I like to use this example. Imagine you're an Olympic runner, okay? Okay, okay. And you're at the starting line and, you know, you've trained, you've prepared, but you get to the starting line and you look to the left and you look to the right and you look at your competitors and in your brain, you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to win. Game over, game yep. over. That's it. It's over. It's over even before you started. I don't like the story. I like I like the story where I win, Kim. <laughs> right. But but do you understand? The problem yeah. is the big issue is that most of the time, for every person, we're not exactly aware of the beliefs we have. Mm. And so if we're not exactly aware of the beliefs we have, and yet they run the show, they determine what happens. We have a blind spot and that blind spot is something we need to address. And that's what we do in coaching. We help people look internally at the beliefs that are messing them up, you could say. Okay, that is really insightful. So in, in your mind, coaching is about helping people get their hands around their beliefs. So that means being aware of them, understanding the impact of them. And am I going too far to say, trying to maybe even change them? Yeah. So our job is to align, help you align your beliefs with your de desired outcomes. So let's say, let's say you're a single guy and I'm okay. making things up here. Let's say you're a single guy. And what you really want is to find the love of your life. Okay. But you're like, oh, no one's going to ever want to go out with me. Uh, you know, I'm not tall. I'm not fit. I'm not making enough money. I'm not. Why would anyone want to go out with me? So that's going to impact how you show up. That's going to impact how you interact. That's going to impact your confidence. That's going to impact. What comes out of your mouth, right? It impacts those, everything. Yeah. Right? So, but those beliefs, all of those beliefs, play havoc with your performance. Play havoc with your ability to get and experience the outcomes you're looking for. So that's right. what needs to be addressed. So this is a really important one. Then I, I'm really excited. Where we're about to go. I buy everything you're saying. I love how you said beliefs play havoc. I wrote that one down in my notes. In fact, I'm already on my second page of notes on this conversation. And um, 
So we know that as leaders, we've got to find ways to get into changing beliefs. And, and unfortunately, I know in the sales world, there's a lot of people who still are activity management oriented. And you already did a great job on why activity is not good enough, right? I mean, uh, we will, maybe we'll get back to that, but I want to spend time here. Changing beliefs, I'm going to guess, is easier said than done. It's It's something we can talk about. But one of the things I found is in order to make room for a new belief, sometimes you have to let go of an old belief. And old beliefs sometimes make it really hard to make room for the new beliefs. First, my first question is, is that true? And second, how do you help people learn to identify the beliefs they should let go of and then actually let them go? Yeah. Okay. So so you're. I'm going to reverse the order of your question. Great. Perfect. So the, first, the first piece of it is, how do we identify our beliefs? The beliefs exist, are found in the stories you tell about everything. So pay attention to when you when you say, maybe out loud or in your brain, this is hard. I'm not really succeeding. I think I'm failing. Uh, I'm not very good at this. I should be doing better. The guy next to me is doing better. What's wrong with me? And on and on and on, on yep. and on and on. So the beliefs exist in the stories you tell. That's why I ask people to journal because they're literally writing down their stories. So, so what we want to pay attention to is the words that you use, whether you're using the words when you talk to someone else or the words that you use when you're writing them down or the words you use that are in your head that no one's hearing out loud. And those are even the most potent words. So pay attention to the words you use because the words you use are a reflection of your beliefs. So number one is start paying attention. Start listening to what you're telling yourself and then ask yourself, is that actually true or did I make that up? And the other question you want to ask yourself is, is that belief valuable? Does it serve me? Because what you will find is many of the beliefs we have completely don't serve us. In fact, they bring us in the opposite direction. They don't bring us close to what we want. They bring us away from what we want. So we need to become aware of these beliefs. Now, the question you asked before was, how can we make room for a new belief? Well, you know, you, it's hard sometimes to just drop a belief. Okay, just stop thinking that. Well, I've been thinking about this for 50 years or whatever it is, however old you are. So how do you just stop thinking that? It's kind of hard. It's hardwired sometimes. So we've come up with a strategy called trading up. I can't wait to so, hear about trading up. This what is, is awesome. trading up? Trading yeah. up is thinking something slightly better than it was. So you become aware of the belief you have. I'm never going to succeed. Let's say that's what the belief is. I'm never going to succeed. Well, a trading up thought could be, I might succeed. It's possible for me to succeed. I don't have to fail. So we're not letting go totally of the old belief. We're just improving it a little bit. And from there, we're improving it a little bit more because a belief needs to be, I like to use the, the term buyable. If you don't buy it, then it doesn't get absorbed in your system. You need to be able to buy it. I love that term buyable. The timing on this is so good. Um, because we got all these sales leaders that are wrapping up the the calendar year and some people finish in January, some finish here in December. 
And yesterday, just yesterday, I was coaching one of my sales leaders and he told me, he's like, I haven't told the team their goals for next year because they're so big. I think it's going to freak them out. And we had a lot of conversation around how do we go about doing that? And I like your idea of we got to change beliefs and make them viable. And yeah. if every single person gets just a little bit better, we could then buy into the fact that maybe this is possible. That's really, that's really interesting. Small changes create disproportionate results. Am I hearing you exactly. say that? Exactly. Okay. So we never want to take a person's <laughs> thinking and take them from zero to a hundred. It's like climbing a ladder. You need to step on one step at a time. When you try to skip steps, you're taking risks, right? You might fall. It's not as stable. Uh, you're not holding on as tightly, right? So yeah. the idea is the idea is we want to get to a better thought place, a better thinking place, a better belief system, but we want to do it one belief at a time by trading up. It's easy to just say, let go of that thought. Let go of it. But when you've had that thought, that belief for so many years, right? The first, the first piece of the puzzle is to realize how often you think that thought, whatever that thought is. You're right. That's really, really insightful, Kim. It's hard to let go of a whole fundamental belief. But we can chip away at it, small pieces at a time. And before you know it, if we're always in trading up mode, I like that. Is is trading up something that you talk about specifically so you're intentional about how you trade up? Or is that yes. something that, okay, talk? maybe you could talk about that. We got a lot of, listen, we got a lot of leaders here that I hope are scratching their heads going, I could do that. Well, is that like something you're back. very intentional let's about? Back. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back. Let's take the example. I like this example because it's universal, right? It, 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 it's uh, it sings everybody's song. So let's say you get on the scale and you look at the number on the scale and you're like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. Oh my God. If I don't lose weight, I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh my God. When I get old, I won't be able to walk. Oh my God. Right. Like you get all the, these thoughts that are yeah. going on in your head. Well, I'm going to have grandchildren. I won't be able to get on the floor with them. I won't be able to lift them up. You know, what's my old age going to be like? And on and on, I'm going to be immobile. I won't be able to travel. I won't be able to run or do sports and do the things that I like to do. I won't be able to, I'm going to be wheelchair bound. Okay. So all of these concepts, all these ideas are based in fear. What you want to do to begin with is just notice that you keep having these thoughts. They're repetitive. That's part of the interesting part. It's an interesting function of the way our brains work is that we think repetitively the same thing over and over and over and over again. We want to catch what we're thinking over and over and over again that is fear-based, that is filled with worry or self-deprecation. Oh, I look terrible. I'm overweight. I'm fat and ugly, whatever it is, right? That's related to sales, like, oh, I suck. I should be doing more. I can't get ahead. You know, I'm going to be seen. Oh my God, I have to hide, whatever it is. All the things. We want to catch the, the thinking. And the thinking is literally the dialogue that's running on in your brain. Pay attention. And what we want to do is say, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't have to suffer because of this thought. I, right? So it's not that. Suddenly you go from I'm fat and ugly to, no, I'm not fat, I'm thin. 
right? We're not doing that because you're not buying that thought. Mm. Right? Mm. We're not buying that thought. So you're going from I'm fat and ugly to I don't look so bad for my age. Or we're going from I'm fat and ugly to I could probably, you know, in a month or so, do something about this. But it's the thought that we're looking at. We're not looking at the action yet. Why? Because action follows thought. If we don't address the thinking, then you will come back to that rep repetitive thought. You'll go back to where you started because it's so hardwired. So your job is first to find the thoughts that are filled with fear and self-deprecation, et cetera. Find those thoughts. Notice that they're there and say, I got it. These thoughts are causing me pain and suffering. These thoughts are part of the problem. They're not helping me. They're not helping me get from here to where I want to go. In fact, they're getting in my way. My job for the time being, before I start dieting and running and doing all those things, is to address these thoughts. The rest All right, will so, so this is this is so cool to me. That's why you one of your your tools is this journaling for 10 weeks. And I, yes. I see why you want to do that. For leaders that are listening here, that maybe maybe that will be a harder thing for them to pull off because that's your business. And you could someone signed up to work with you, and so they'll do the journaling. Any tips on how a leader might help someone find those repetitive thoughts? Because I'm sitting here thinking about it. How often is someone aware of negative fear-based repetitive thoughts? Like, do they're they not, catch them? Because they're not paying attention to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. I was going to yeah. guess most of the time it's probably shocking because I've been auditing myself as I listen to you. And I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty aware of this. And I'm like, oh, that is a repetitive. And I, I already, I've already identified three or four as I listen to you. Any tips for our leaders on things they might do to add that to their coaching bag of tricks? Well, so one of the things that I strongly recommend is that when you have a conversation with someone, let's say you're planning a con whatever it is, conversation about anything, you want them to do a little preparation before they come in. So you want to say, okay, we're going to have a conversation. I want you to write down, you know, what's going well, what are your challenges? Why are they your challenges and what you think, you know, how you think you might address these challenges. Okay. The why part, why are these challenges? What the challenges are and the why part in that are the beliefs. So I'll give you an example. And if you don't okay. mind, I'll give your listeners an exercise. How's that? Let's do it. I love it. Let's Thank you. It. Let's give, let's give your exercise, your listeners an exercise. So grab a piece of paper and a pen. And let's I'm go. Give you two, two journaling questions to write down. Question number one, what do you want more than anything? What do you really, really want? And I'm putting in two reallys on purpose because I want you to think about what you really want, not what your neighbor wants, not what your spouse wants, not with your mother, your children not what you think you should want. What do you really, truly, deeply want for yourself? Question number okay. two, what's stopping you from having it now? The why? What's getting in the way? Give me all the reasons, all the reasons. And what you will find is that the minute you start writing down all the reasons, there's a belief attached to every reason. I love this. 
And by the way, if you want to discuss this exercise, I'm happy to do it with you. You can literally send it to me and I will personally review it. We'll make that easy for people to do. We'll make sure that we have links to you uh, in our show notes. And I want to make sure that as many people as are interested, it's easy for them to do this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest every single listener. I, I hope you get overwhelmed. I, I hope you get so many. You're like, wait a minute. What have I, what have I done to myself? Because right. I think what you're recommending here is amazing. You're right. What's stopping you? There will be a belief associated with every single one of those things. And so is this where you like to start with coaching is where are they going and what's stopping you? Is this how you recommend no, starting? What, what I like, what I like to do when I coach people is I like to understand their baseline. How do they exist in the world currently? What's going on for them now? So the first journaling assignment is always monitor your mood monitor your mood. Tell me what's happening. What's causing you to feel good? What's causing you to feel bad? What's going on in your world? How are you, how are you reacting to your re environment, your relationships, your interactions, your job, your wins, your failures? So I just want the baseline. That's always week one. I want to know who you are. Just give me the, give me the story. All right. I like it. So We've talked about a lot about beliefs, and I think that we've tied about we've talked about that tied to the mindset. Is mindset a choice? Is your mindset a choice, or are we predisposed already? I think both. I think okay. we are predisposed sometimes. Um, unfortunately, sometimes our mindset is something we pick up from our parents, from our environment, from our influencers, from the people we surround ourselves with. Uh, but it is also a choice. And for some people, it's easier to shift their mindset. And for some people, it's a little harder, just like for some people, it's easier to be fit and thin and lose weight. And for other people, it's a little harder, but it's doable. I have a lot of leaders that, that tell me that mindset is hard for them to coach. I love this exercise you've given about beliefs. Um, once we've identified the beliefs, is there anything to how you change those? I mean, it's probably not as easy as, oh, that's not a good belief. Let's just change it. Uh, um, I, uh, right there, you're yeah, laughing. Well, that tells me I'm onto something. The, that chuckle well, is a good one. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so once we identify a belief, now we have a conversation that says, does this belief line up with your goals? Part of the thing that people forget is what they want, what their goals were to begin with. So I'll give you an, another example. Okay. One time I was coaching uh, an accountant. He okay. owned a very large accounting firm, super successful guy. And when I started coaching him, I asked him, you know, like, what's the most important thing to you? What's your priority? He said, hands down, it's my relationship with my wife. That's the single most important thing to me. It's important we're aligned. It's important we spend time together. It's important we're on the same page. It's important that we have intimacy. Like that relationship is critical for me. Awesome. Got it. I wrote it down and I remembered it. Three weeks later, he writes in his journal, I just got into a massive fight with my wife. Okay, what happened? Well, one of my kids who's not very academically inclined and tends to skip a lot of class, uh, asked me if he could go to an all night party. And I said, no, because the next day is school. And I knew he would be missing school. And I, 
can't afford to miss any more school. But my wife said yes. Okay. I was so mad, so mad. Like I was livid. I couldn't believe she she went against me. I can't believe that, you know, she didn't agree with me. And we could see that this kid can't afford to miss any more school. I was so mad that I went to sleep in the other room. Now tell me, does sleeping in the other room achieve his number one priority? No. No, but he forgot, didn't he? Yeah. Because he needed to be right instead of being happy. He needed to be right instead of remembering what his key priority was. And we often forget our key priority. We often forget what's most important to us. We lose it along the way. So so we have like 10 minutes left in this conversation. I can't believe how fast it's gone. I feel like we just started. Yeah. I, I, this has been so interesting to me. Like, I'm so impressed with the work you do. It's so cool. Um. I want to talk a little bit about coaching. We've spent a lot of time on beliefs. Yeah. Um, beliefs are important. Coaching is, in my opinion, when we go from kind of common knowledge to common practice. And any any thoughts around what goes into good coaching? We have a whole bunch of people here. Like I said, 50,000 leaders. They're all asked to be coaches of the people they yeah. lead. And I think there's an epidemic epidemic of poor coaching. I just don't think people are taught what good coaching is. I'd yeah. love your take on what is good coaching and what are the elements that would help people listening become better coaches? I'm going to tell you two things. I'm going to tell you what good coaching is, and I'm going to give you the mistakes that people make. Okay. Love it. We're okay. going to do both. So what is good coaching? Good coaching is when we focus on the beliefs that are driving behaviors. When we focus on what causes a person to do what they do, how they do what they do. Okay. And good coaching is what's very critical is that as a coach, I'm assuming positive intent. I'm assuming that you want to succeed, that you're not lazy. I And I see you in a positive light. I see you in a better light than you see yourself. And I hold up that vision for you. I'm, I must believe in you. I must believe in your capacity, your ability, your performance, your potential. I must believe in you. If I can't believe in you, if I cannot see you in a positive light, I should not be leading you or coaching you. I should help you move to someone else who can see you in that positive light. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, my focus is on identifying the relationship between your thinking and your outcomes and helping you align your thinking with the outcomes you are seeking together and individually. If you're not, as a coach, if you're not able to meet your individual goals, I'm failing. I like this. So sometimes I'll have leaders who think they can lead teams through spreadsheets and numbers, like you said earlier, activities. Yeah. yeah. And you've already said managing activities maybe not be enough. And I agree with that. 
but it's alive and well. And so I would like to address that. Let's have a little fun with that. So I want to, I want to try and apply what you've just taught me and you can coach me and tell me if I've got it wrong. And so one of the beliefs would be a leader might believe that if you just work harder or do more of these same things, then that will take care of anything performance related. More results are going to be fueled by more effort. Is that a belief? It's a belief and it's not necessarily an incorrect belief. Okay. But, but what's missing is what's preventing a person from putting in more effort. We need to understand that. It's not just here. Here's what you need to do. Again, doing follows thought. Doing follows belief. So if I only tell you what you need to be doing instead of understanding the, the thinking that precedes this, the, perhaps you have resistance to more effort. Perhaps you have a belief that says, yeah, but more effort will create stress for me perhaps more effort will not lead to the outcomes or I'm putting in all this effort and I'm still not getting the outcomes I want because fundamentally I get on the calls and I don't have confidence and I don't know what to say and I'm scared and I hate rejection and it feels so bad and so that rejection makes me not want to do it so I do it much less than I know that I probably could or should or whatever right we need to get at that we need to get at all of that but love it. And that's where I was hoping you would go because the belief shouldn't be in order for me to achieve my goals. I'm going to have, if I'm going to get 10% more work sales, for example, I'm going to have to work 10% harder or take away 10% more time for my family. Cause that's one of the things that's alive and well in sales right now is people have this belief. It's an, it's an either, or it's yes. either I can succeed in work or I can be present at home, for example. And I think that's, a belief that leaders should try and challenge because if we get better at what we do, it's not just stay the same level of, of skill and just work harder. I think it's be more intentional. You can grow, you can improve. That should be a belief that we can get better at what we do. We can be more intentional at what we do. And if we are, then we can have growth without sacrificing on the other side. Right. I so think that's an example of a good belief, right? Yes, exactly. But here's here's another one. One of the beliefs that salespeople tend to have is, well, when I call and they're, you know, I don't want to annoy people. And so I'm reluctant to call. I'm reluctant to reach out. So I don't want Love to be it. annoying because when I'm annoying, they get mad. And when they get mad at me, then I feel bad about myself. Right. So There's all a movie. of that needs to be addressed. There was a movie called Sorry to Bother You that was in the Sundance Film Festival, and it was kind of making fun of, of the sales profession because the, that was the first line this guy would say is, sorry to bother you. And exactly. as, as a sales coach, I, I laughed, but I also hated that movie. I was like, I don't like this perspective, this perception exactly. at all. Exactly. So, but if yeah. you feel like you're bothering people, then are you going to be excited to be doing what you do? Are you going to be right. wanting to put in more effort? Probably not. Right. Probably so all not. of that. All of that needs to be addressed. So I know we, we're running out of time, but let me give yeah. you the mistakes that leaders make when they try to coach. Perfect. Obviously, they focus on behaviors instead of beliefs. That's number one. Number okay. two is they jump to solutions. They're like, I know what you should do. Just do this. I have all the answers because I've been there and I'm a leader and I've been in this industry forever. Just do what I tell you to do. They jump to solutions. Number three is they focus on the accountability model. 
where the person needs to answer to them instead of helping the person build self-accountability. So they're like, okay, let me see what you did. Let me see your numbers, right? You need to answer to me. And so they build in this, this system that is um, in, inherently built for a person to hide. Mm. So I don't want to hold anybody accountable. I don't want anybody to be accountable to me. I want them to be accountable. I don't need them to be accountable to me. I don't want to do the holding of accountability. I have myself to take care of. That's good enough. Those are three good mistakes. I I think that those are prevalent more often than not, probably. Is that some, your you observation? More. Give me one more. Me I want number more. four. Give me number, number four. Number four is gonna, gonna blow you away. Are you ready? I'm sitting down, I'm buckled in. Uh a big mistake that leaders make when they try to coach somebody else is they empathize. You're like, what? Aren't you supposed to be empathetic? Yeah, let me get let me hear the rest of the story on that. Yeah. Okay. So so what is empathy? Empathy is one of the most misunderstood words in the history of language. So what is empathy? Empathy is putting yourself in another person's shoes and feeling their emotional state feeling their emotions. So now imagine that I'm walking by and I see someone drowning in a pool. They're struggling. What are they feeling as they're drowning in the pool? What are they feeling? What are their emotions? Do you think? Terrified. They're scared. They're um, panic. I, I don't know. Those Desperate, things. Breathless. Yeah. All those yeah. things. The minute that I empathize is the minute that I feel terrified, scared, breathless, desperate. Mm. It's as though I've jumped in the pool and started drowning right alongside them. Mm. Right? So I need to notice that somebody's drowning in the pool. I need to have compassion, but jumping in the pool and drowning beside them isn't going to serve them or me. I need right. to stand solidly on the side of the pool, reach in and pull them out. In order for me to do that, I need to be able to have confidence in myself and the ability to pull them out. But I also need to be able to say, hey, this person doesn't need to be drowning. They can be out, can of, out of the pool. They can you be can out of swim. the pool. Yeah. Right? So this is the big thing is that when we fall into empathy, into that empathy mode that the whole world thinks is, is super important, we get trapped and we're unable to coach. We're unable to lead. In that moment, our vision of this person becomes weakened. Well, we could have done the whole show just on that concept. Maybe we're going to have to have you back next year and, and dive more into that. I maybe I love this, Kim. Kim, I, I'm I'm I'm. This was a really really fun conversation, and I, I guarantee you got a lot of people that are looking at beliefs and mindset and coaching through a different lens right now. That's very, very positive. Um, we're out of time. How do people get more of you? How do they connect to you? How do they find what resources yeah, you have? How, honestly, how do they do all of that? I'm how do they do it? I'm going to give you two things. Uh, Frameofmindcoaching.com. So just okay. go there. There's all kinds of stuff on the website. It's a fun, playful way website too. Uh, Let's right go. Now. Yeah. So just take a look. Uh, and then Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If you have done your journaling exercise and you want to send it to me, send it to me.
Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And we'll put both of those links in the show notes to make it yeah. easy for people. Like right now, as you listen to it, click on that link in the show notes and reach out to Kim. Uh, you're going to find she's a great resource. Kim, like I said, we are out of time. If you're going to have a final thought, I, I'd love to give you like another minute or two. Like, is there a, a bow that you'd put on our conversation today yeah, that you'd the, like to? The, the, the bow really is this, is that if there's anything in your life that's going on, Whatever it is, whether it's performance, whether it's relationship, whether it's health, whether it's somebody in your life is bugging you, frustrating you, understand that your thinking creates the emotion that you have. And your thinking is directly tied to anything you're experiencing in this world, both positive and negative. So if there's something going on in your world that you're not happy with, Start looking at how you are thinking about that thing. Boom. What a great way to finish. Her name is Kim Addis. She's helping leaders all around the world do a better job of connecting how people think to the results they get. And maybe more important, provide practical tools so you can be intentional about how you do it. And as we get ready to kick off the 2024 year, we most certainly are going to be asked to do more than we've ever been asked to do. Our job as sales leaders is to engineer the greatest year in company history every single year. And to do it, that means you're going to have to change how people think. You're going to have to change what their beliefs are. And I love the so many things of what she said, but if there's one thing you take, I hope that you can remember this. Belief most certainly is the foundation of all change. And if you want to change your results, take Kim's advice and start working on changing how people believe. Reach out to her, connect to her. Kim, on behalf of 50,000 leaders all around the world, thank you for joining our show. And I wish you nothing but great success uh, into next year. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. It was an absolute pleasure and a great honor. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is blowing up. Uh, for a long time, I lived on Patreon. It grew to be the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world, and I could not be more excited to announce that Sales Leadership United is not only at its own home at salesleadershipunited.com, but is growing faster and faster and faster. Uh, I can't wait for you to go check it out. Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders. They're in big companies. They're in new companies. They're in every industry. These are people that are new to leadership. These are people that are new to their companies, but they're also people that have been with their companies forever. Some of the most seasoned sales leaders in the world because every single one of them is asking for more tools, more insights, more perspective. They ask me questions like, how do you create systems? How do you create foundations? What do we do to create change? Uh, what's the right way to coach? How do you lead up or manage up or connect to a totally different generation? But the number one question I get, what are other leaders doing like me to solve modern problems like the ones I'm facing right now? And that's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. Tools, training, techniques, perspective that can only come from the benefit of thousands of hours with other leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at the checkout to get a free trial on me, and let me know what you think. Now, what an awesome conversation this was with, with Kim. I loved this conversation about belief. I, I'm one of those people that thinks 
the first sale that has to happen in any organization happens in the heart of the salesperson. And if sales is the transfer of enthusiasm, leadership is the transfer of belief. And so this is a big one. This is a really important one, and it's one that we need to spend more time on on this show. Uh, I think it's such an important conversation. It couldn't be more timely as we finish the year. This is going to be the last episode of 2024, um, uh, uh, t- sorry, of 2023 as we prepare for 2024. And if there's one thing I've learned in my career, it's very simple. No human being changes their behavior permanently unless they change their beliefs first. And if you want to perform different, you must first think different. Now, that's really easy to say, but it's far more difficult to do. Everyone loves the idea of change unless it's them that needs to be the change. That that makes it really hard. And as leaders, our job is to engineer and be the architects of the greatest year in company history every single year. And no matter how good or how tough this year was, next year, that's supposed to be the best year we've ever had. And what that means is that we must change what we believe first. And that starts with understanding what an individual believes. You've got to set the baseline. You've got to to identify and inventory what those beliefs are. You've got to document it. Listen, as a a leader and now as a coach, I learned a long time ago the importance of excellent notes. How you document the journey of developing people is a difference maker in how successful you are in helping fuel growth. Because without growth... All we can do is grind. So here's one of my favorite tactics this time of year. I call it the three, two, one. So it's really simple. You ask the member of your team to identify the three accomplishments they're most proud of and why. Then you ask them to document the two lessons they learned and why they were most powerful. And then the one thing they want to do different next year, the one thing they want to accomplish, the one thing they want to chase down, the one thing they want to change and why it matters. And I want you to to channel a little of the Spice Girls, not what they want, what they really, really want, right? Because if they know what they really, really want, then you can start to connect to their beliefs about how they get there. But to do it, you've got to understand all the whys. Like, why does it matter? What happens to them if they get there? What happens if they don't? Uh, You know, all of those things. And once you've done that, then I want you to channel a little bit about what Kim shared with us. Ask Once they know the one thing, they need to hear from you, I get it, and I'm in. But in order to help you and be on your team, there's two things I need to understand. Number one, we're going to channel Kim here. What's going well here? What are you doing well as it relates to this, okay? And let them tell you and then say, why? And then after that's done, what challenges exist? And when they tell you, ask them why. Every why on what's going well and is going to be a positive belief. Every why on what's a challenge is going to be a negative belief. When I've done this, I love to create an inventory of beliefs. And on the positive ones, we want to lean into those. And on the negative ones, we want to do, as Kim said, and trade up. Okay, We want to trade up on those. Give that a shot. You may find that you have uh, prevalent positive beliefs across your team, some a few negative ones that are concerning that you want to systemically address. You may find that they're different for each person, and that's going to help you as you fuel their journey on creating better mindsets. Um, give that a shot. 
commit to them, start trading up and, and focus your coaching on the beliefs that drive their behaviors because this will transform how you coach and this will transform the impact you have. Try it. You may be surprised just how helpful it is. So Kim, Thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on your success. I love your emphasis on beliefs and mindset. You're right. Belief is the foundation of all change. So thank you on behalf of our worldwide audience. Thank you for sharing such powerful insights, especially at such an important time. And to those of you that are listening, my advice is to connect with Kim. Reach out to her. You'll find she's an incredible resource. We've, we've created links in the show notes to make it really, really easy for you to see what she has to offer. Um, and then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United. That way you can get some of the video segments and highlights of my conversation with Kim and some of the other amazing guests of the show, as well as other leadership assets assets that you'll be able to use in 2024 and beyond. I have several clips in there that are going to be huge leadership resources for you. You're going to want to use those videos for sure. Finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. Uh, The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for an amazing 2023. Thank you for your ongoing support of the number one sales leadership podcast in the world. Keep the feedback coming. Keep your recommendations coming. Don't ever forget that our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people you lead. If you liked this message, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and then get after it because life is short. There's no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. So maximize your today and live, live strong, be elite and chase those passions. Do your very best work so you can live your very best life. I wish you all the happiest holiday season of your life. I hope you reconnect, you recharge, you reflect, and you get after next year in a way that you've never done it before. Don't ever forget that you got this and I got you. Have a terrific holiday and have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.